0: I've been shaking, I've been bending backwards till I'm broke.
1: Welcome everyone to the Pop Culture Podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt and what do you say we f*** up some shit, Pete? Let's
0: f*** some s*** up is my legal middle name. Matt, here today to talk to you about Deadpool 2, which is... Brought to you by Futuristic feiny Packs. They come cable ready.
1: Indeed, Pete. Deadpool 2, a movie that has done blazingly at the box office, an estimated $125 million uh, opening in these United States, uh, $300 million worldwide. By the way, Pete, that U.S. opening, I can't help but note that this movie has come in second, that, of course, to the original Deadpool. So there are some sayers of nay who would say, look, this movie's a failure because my mom doesn't let me go see it. Um, It did almost as well as the first one box office wise. They're printing money with Deadpool's face on it. All is OK. And
0: can we be fair for a moment? One, noting how far ahead of Avengers it came in this weekend, which is to say that Avengers occupied the number two spot and earned a little uh, less than a hundred million dollars less, um, and that there was no Avengers Infinity War, which will hands down be the number one film, uh, in terms of gross by the end of this year when Deadpool one came out in February of 2016. So it's kind of an apples and bowling balls comparison.
1: Yeah. I mean, people who want to look at the difference, the, uh, $7 million difference between one and twos opening weekends. I mean, you're missing the you know you, you're missing the needle for the haystack or the forest for the trees i mean this is monster monster business uh it did even better on friday than the first one did i think and i'm certainly not down on the movie i think maybe word has gotten out oh man it's not the first one all right well we had never seen a deadpool movie before the first one and then now this one is similar in some ways and different in many ways but you know, it, it's following a template that did not exist for the first. So, you know, if you're down on the movie, I don't know what to tell you. Both movies have done really, really well. And we're going to get into what makes this movie a gas. So, Pete, for all the raunchy goings-on and the bedroom sexy times that we saw in the first one, this is a movie that surprisingly builds on character stuff. And uh, it, it sets as its foundation heart and soul and, and character stuff and emotions.
0: Well, from the Celine Dion opening uh, James Bondish credit sequence right after we've seen Deadpool blow himself up in his apartment, you know and and then we come to learn what has taken place with the death of Vanessa and everything there. Uh, y- you couldn't necessarily go. not to say that it's a less raunchy film than the first one. I, I, I think they are similar. Um, but there was a certain shock value to that first film. And we get the, the sequence where, you know, it's slow motion in the car and, you know, crotches are hitting faces and people are getting, you know, uh, car cigarette lighters thrown in their mouths and then closed over. um, a different type of Deadpool movie, Matt. And yeah, that they bring you far more emotion, I think than in the first one.
1: And I think you hit the nail on the head there that with the first movie, we quite literally had never seen anything like it. There was never this combo of comic book and comedy and R rated violence, uh, and, (laughs) and R rated violence and R rated violence and all of that together where we have seen something like it when we see go to see deadpool 2 it's deadpool 1 so i kind of applaud that they that they do ground it in this real relationship i mean you know obviously real in quotes but in 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 a real feeling relationship not superpowers and whatnot and i know the movie has gotten a little you know a little negative feedback just in terms of you know sacrifice the female character in order to advance the male character I can't disagree with that, but I also, I mean, I don't, I didn't feel like it was some sort of egregious story foul and it's with all of that, that we nonetheless still have some really, really funny stuff, even funny, horrifically violent stuff like guys getting arms chopped off and things like that.
0: Or into a wood chipper or, uh, halfway in a wood chipper and then vomiting all over another character with acid or things like that. Um, I, I hear the criticism towards the, the female roles. Uh, y- you look at all three of the principal female roles between Vanessa, the the one who is featured in the most of the film in Zazie beats Domino uh, blind Al um, could definitely be featured more prominently, but let's remember this is a Deadpool movie, not a, those characters that being said yes their absence is duly noted
1: and i mean to whatever degree that this movie is 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 working for multiple purposes i.e to set up you know whether it's to set up deadpool 3 or to set up standalone x-force or deadpool in the x-force or whatever that's going to look like um i mean i think it does all of that i know it's not an mcu movie i think I think we see some of the fingerprints of the lesser MCU movies that do try and do a bunch of things. Um, And and I'm not saying that the movie terribly suffers. I think the fact that this is a silly, insane movie, you can kind of wallpaper over some of those failures. Whereas something like, you know, Captain America, uh, the Winter Soldier, it's his best friend and his worst enemy and all the good guys that you thought were good guys are actually secret bad guys you get less wiggle room than, oh my goodness, this person is an insane person who knows we're watching a movie.
0: Plus, I think a non-origin film with this character to get the background, all right, he's got the relationship with Vanessa, they're each other's type of crazy, they do outlandish things, and then he gets the cancer and go through everything that makes him Deadpool in the first one out of the way. It's the old Empire Strikes Back theory, Matt. You push him into the worst possible place in that second film once you don't need to cover the, here's how they became this way.
1: Well, Pete, you mentioned the, the prominent female members of the cast. Um, is Negasonic Teenage Warhead in this movie? I may have coughed or gone for a sip of water from my bottle and missed her entirely, which is to say, of course, she's in it, but not enough at all.
0: Definitely not enough. I mean, where has, uh, where can I get enough Brianna Heidelbrand uh, here with uh, the girlfriend, Yukio? So cute when they're on screen. But yeah, I mean, the people who walked out, Matt, who missed the post-credit scenes didn't even get enough as we did. And it's still, uh, you know, something that we need more of. I kind of, I kind of excuse
1: it the least for Negasonic Teenage Warhead because I get why Vanessa's not in it a lot. She's killed early, then appears in Netherworld. I'll take it for what it is, as as silly as the movie is. I'll take that as a genuine, you know, the spirits touching in the great beyond kind of thing. I get why Blind Al is not in it a ton. There's only so much mm-hmm. you can do with a character who's. Blind and spends a lot of her time at home. I get why you don't have a ton of Domino because she comes in halfway through and she's part of the team and so on and so forth. But, you know, Ryan notes for Deadpool 3 more Negasonic Teenage Warhead, more Domino. Um, Pete, I know what there won't be more of that won't be more of X Force version 1, which I know you have some behind the scenes info on, but I was completely shocked laughing and unprepared for the notion that they were going to kill off most of X-Force about eight minutes after their introduction
0: I think it's completely true to the tone of these films and they did test uh, earlier this spring that did not test well they went back they added a couple jokes they went for it I I thought it really worked Um, when you bring in the the people they did who have speaking roles, and then you consider that uh, the Vanisher is played uh, ever so briefly, Matt, by Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> even that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was considered for X Force. <laughs>
1: That I did not know, the Ruth Bader-Ginsburg thing. Uh the, the Brad Pitt. It's funny, we didn't even we did not discuss it at the movies. No. He appears so briefly. It's like, yes. is that Brad Pitt? And then go on to the next yuck or the next joke, which is When he hits a the
0: yuck. power line, yeah. I mean, it just comes fast and furious. And we don't want to see Deadpool leading a team, that, that the team gets scattered everywhere and that Domino's around and he's got this longstanding comic relationship with domino and and she was tremendous in the bits of the film that she's in i think she's going to be a big star i love zazie beats from atlanta uh as as little as she's featured there is the only female regular amongst that cast um but yeah i i thought it worked with the tone and uh, the, the the foreshadowing, all right, we've got, I mean, I knew going in what was going to happen and I'm kind of watching you not knowing that the team's going to get taken out here, you know, the hints to the, uh, the weather patterns and, you know, everything that went on and the nature of a time travel story too, to go back and, you know, who's he saved Peter W who again, reaches into the comics. And if you're not following the Peter, W uh, Twitter account at this point. You are missing out.
1: <laughs> yeah, by far the most fun character from X-Force uh, version one. I'm glad to see that they did uh, story machinations to presumably bring him back. Um, let's get to the meat and potatoes, though. It's a nice story arc that we get for Russell Collins, a.k.a. Firefist. Fist. Uh, I mean, fire the... fist. <laughs> All the other jokes aside, I mean, it it kind of cuts through to show us this abused teen who then we understand his desire for revenge, revenge against racist zealots, no less, but then this reminder that, you know, anger even for the quote unquote, right reasons, revenge for the right reasons, can itself, you know, become this fire that burns the world down,
0: yeah, consumed by it. And I think that's where. Cable, you know, the rub on cable is that he doesn't have much of a backstory, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all right. The, the future child of, uh, Scott Summers, uh, of Cyclops, uh, hence the, the glowy eye and time travel and, you know, the cool metal arm. And we teased him from the, uh, Deadpool one, um, post credit sequence, uh, Ferris Bueller style. You know, even to the point where uh, – who was it? Kira Knightley, you know, with her range could possibly play her. They throw her out. Um, Josh Brolin coming off uh, kind of a big thing with uh, Thanos in Avengers Infinity War to to jump into this movie. Uh, somebody tally up his receipts in the last month.
1: <laughs> well, he's – obviously he's had – avengers in april deadpool in may and then he has the sakaro sequel coming out in june
0: that's right that was that was shown before this so holy smokes man! three movies in
1: three months welcome to the apex of your career
0: some kind of record right you know 30, (laughs) 30 33 years after goonies Uh, when, when, you know, a lot of people thought he peaked as the obnoxious older brother, uh, who ties the kid, um, or gets tied into the chair by the kids. But yeah, I think with, um, fire fist, the notion that, you know, Deadpool's down on his luck. He doesn't have Vanessa in his life, um, that he forges this bond with the child and that ultimately the takeaway is that you can be consumed by your vengeance and become something terrible in and of your own right.
1: And that's kind of mirrored in cable a little bit. And uh, I'll just mention that there was a great article in the Hollywood Reporter this weekend that said, yes, there is the comics history that you summarize. But before that... There was no comics history when he was first introduced. The notion was it's like the Terminator to go get mutants, except he's not all robot. He's, I don't know, part robot. So the point of the article being that the movie is actually uh, really capturing the original origin of Cable, which is no origin. Just he keeps on coming. He keeps on attacking. So (laughs) nuance even there.
0: You know, and they give him the child and and the family and the teddy bear. And it doesn't need to be. Remember why we are at this film. We're there for the, the salty jokes. We are there for the outlandish nature of this particular type of superhero storytelling. We are not there for the big, deep, this is how he became Cable story that's not why you went to see this and to the credit of
1: whatever whatever the future is of the x-men which we'll be talking about briefly uh briefly chronologically and for a brief uh, period of time given their presence in this movie but whatever the future is uh for that larger x-men universe this movie has set up future deadpools if you want to do a cable standalone if you want to do a cable flashback in the future where's my
0: domino movie man i want my domino movie
1: i mean this could this could well be the cornerstone for whatever the, the the minor flaws flaws are in this film deadpool too could be the cornerstone of how the you know the 20th century fox Marvel stuff gets integrated into the MCU. This could be what stays. Whereas the X-Men, you know, I'm telling you, Pete, until I hear otherwise, yeah. I'm convinced that the plan is the tag scene in Avengers Four is gonna be you know, somebody who needs help and all of a sudden they turn and out of the darkness, you see Cyclops's eye light up lighting the mutants, you know, there and da that is if the deal gets done in time and all that. But Pete, speaking of the X-Men, we've now spent more time talking about the X-Men <laughs> than they appear in this movie, but maybe the best cameo in any Marvel MCU X-Men Spider-Verse, whatever movie ever.
0: Well, on the heels of repeated jokes in the in both films about, you know, how Fox can't seem to have enough money to uh, to be able to show those other characters. Oh, it's always the two of you, Colossus and uh, Teenage Negasonic Warhead alone in this gigantic house. Oh, look inside a door really quick. Oh, it's Beast. It's this one. It's that one. Oh, the door's closed. <laughs> I mean, really inspired.
1: I love how it's shot too because he's pointing to the door, and then at least the first thing I saw was like the blue, and I'm like, blue, that looks like Mm -hmm. Beast. And then center in that room, you see Quicksilver, and that's like, but that's Quicksilver. Then you see the second one I
0: saw too, yeah.
1: And it's like you couldn't take in all the people on first viewing, and I I dig that. I dig that they didn't go for a close up or kind of in the Stanley style of, hey, here's my cameo it was just literally three seconds five seconds and that's it and it was like it was it was just incredible it was despite all the failures of the x-men movies yes. uh, particularly the current crop et cetera, et cetera. i mean pete what do we want we want the connected universe we want the uber connected universe and let's not forget deadpool one the
0: climax was on a it was secretly on a helicarrier so there's hope there is and i think You know, with what they're still sorting out between Disney and Marvel Studios and Fox, that, yeah, could it be a a post-credit scene for Avengers 4? Could it be at some other time? Maybe we don't expect. Let's not forget that Deadpool 2 is released now ahead of its originally scheduled date. It was supposed to come out in June. Uh, New Mutants, Matt – you know that one uh, was supposed to come out the day that we saw Deadpool 2. And that has been pushed to early 2019. The Phoenix Saga movie, um, the X-Men movie, has now been pushed to 2019 as well. So,
1: all right. Yeah, and I think... Uh, i mean are there are there story problems with the current x men movies yeah, and I give them credit for doing something like the new mutants movie kind of a you know a, a horror young mutant take i mean while it doesn't necessarily tickle my fancy i I appreciate that they're trying to do something different but the x men universe is one primed for a reboot, and i mean. <laughs> The opportunity is there once the purchase is complete, and then there's the further opportunity to be like, all right, well, we don't need to get too nerdy, but how do we not reboot the stuff that we don't want to reboot from from Deadpool or, I mean, frankly, all the X-Force stuff in this worked? Um, What if Deadpool is the only one who knows that there's been a reboot? Simple as that. You know, and everybody else just carries on as they go. And he's, he can tell us how ridiculous it is that, you know, oh, well, Disney didn't want to, didn't want to ruin this cash cow. So that's why cable hasn't changed, but now there's a new Professor X or whatever.
0: Yeah. And just the opportunity that the unique nature of the character allows to show up in those other places. I mean, listen, that we, we first see Deadpool in this movie with an impaled, figurine of Logan who stole his R rating <laughs> after he was the first one to have the R rated, uh, you know, super successful, uh, superhero movie. And that we've got a post credit sequence. Obviously it's used footage from, uh, you know, X-Men origins Wolverine. And, you know, uh, the, the first, Appearance of Deadpool, much maligned. And here the the timeline cleaned up, corrected uh, that Wade Wilson killed, never exists. Um, Yeah, you you couldn't do this with somebody else. And
1: I like, too, that you get in a weird way, you get a Hugh Jackman cameo with that old footage, but you also don't get the Hugh Jackman cameo which is how it should be he said he'll only come back if there's some sort of wolverine in the mcu i would expect a wolverine you know hugh jackman wolverine cameo you know in the next couple of years once the whole purchase is complete blah 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 but this is not the place to have him surprise surprise come out of retirement but you still get him anyway speaking of other cameos i know we we touched on brad pitt earlier matt damon and alan tudyk as Mm -hmm. the as the uh the the cowboy hat wearing guys, I recognized Aaron Tudick from his voice. I didn't say anything because I was wrong that his voice appeared in uh, in Avengers. Meanwhile, I did not recognize Matt Damon one bit.
0: Yeah, uh, Damon credited as Dicky Greenleaf in the uh, in the credits there. And all right, you you throw the the outfits on him, a little bit of makeup. Uh, you throw him in there. Them, Brad Pitt. Um, obviously this intellectual property is a force, not an X force to be reckoned (laughs) with. Uh, and these guys who we don't usually consider, I mean, Damon having shown up in, um, Thor Ragnarok, uh, as, as Loki in the play with a movie, um, you know, two cameos in the last what, six, seven months in these uh, two Marvel movies that aren't in the same universe? I mean, go Damon.
1: Well, Pete, I'm going to put forth the craziest – we're not in theories yet, but I'm going to put forth the craziest theory of them all, the Damon connective tissue. What if he is playing the Asgardian, who now somehow (laughs) is here, and it's it's the convergence of the two universes made possible by Damon's Asgardian?
0: I I don't have an answer for you. I mean, if if that's what they're going to do, then they've, they've really come up with uh, something unusual. Uh,
1: I would consider most of X-Force to be, at least X-Force version 1.0, to be a cameo. Um, I mean, characters with great potential, killed off for laughs. Uh, I mean, Terry Crews comes to mind as well. He's just so funny as his tough guy. But, uh, Pete, they don't stick around long.
0: They don't. And... I think it's kind of best left that way in a Deadpool movie. They they have been introduced. Uh, several of them bought it rather quickly. We know that there are various incarnations of X-Force throughout the comics. And – we do have a team together at the end of the film. It's, it's Deadpool's team. It's, it's Domino. It's Dopinder. Uh, it's the last time anyone will ever see T.J. Miller in a movie. Uh, it's all of these other characters that we far more closely associate with him than the X-Force. Well, they might be
1: gone, Pete, that original X-Force. The team might be kaput, but we want to take a moment to thank our team, everybody who supports us on Patreon.com slash Geek. They're sticking around after the end of the credits.
0: Always. And everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast podcasts content. So having finished uh, podcasting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 5 which will take a rather long hiatus but not a cancellation Matt until we launch season 6 in uh, summer is when it's scheduled 2019. We're going to be bringing you um, Cloak and Dagger very shortly. We're going to be bringing you Luke Cage on Netflix on the heels of that Daredevil just wrapped a um, Uh, at least for the Kingpin uh, the other day. So they got to be getting kind of close, get them towards the end of the year. We have all these other things to offer our uh, audience and our Patreons get the best view of everything.
1: They are our heroes. Now let's talk Deadpool's villains. Uh, Let's start with Cable. Kind of a villain for part of it?
0: Yeah, and we knew obviously he would wind up being more sympathetic than he appeared early on coming to kill a child. Um, You know, that, that he gets, you referenced the Terminator before and, and uh, he gets called John Connor at one point by uh, Deadpool. Um, He's exactly what he needed to be. I don't know. I did like what Brolin brought. And again, you can't argue what Brolin did is Thanos and, you know, how he has, uh, you know, 30 plus years after being a teen actor, uh, continued to work and, and work in really big films. But I kind of wanted to see the guy from, uh, Avatar in this role. I know he campaigned very, very heavily for it. We last saw him on uh, that really bad Fox dinosaur show, and I just thought he really fit in well for what would have been uh, a version of the character.
1: Yeah, I mean, apparently they were thinking bigger. Apparently they were uh, bigger than that actor. Uh, initially, they were talking to Brad Pitt actually uh, for the role, and schedule-wise, it didn't work out. Hence the hence the cameo. So, um, I felt that I felt that Josh Brolin. You know who does not have a ton of dialogue and who gets very little backstory uh it's certainly an understandable one when it's finally revealed but it's not with tons of nuance it certainly is not you know wacky wade wilson who also nonetheless is protecting the girl who is getting harassed by the guy who but then he's gonna stay, steal the pizza but then has cancer and then has a girlfriend there's not all of that nuance there and he as an actor has to translate all that into somebody who's believable and sympathetic and tough and all of that and uh, I think he was, he was effective in that and we get kind of the reverse, you know, the villain becomes a hero by the end.
0: Yeah. The, the straight man and who are you possibly going to put up against Wade Wilson, Deadpool to, to get the laughs. Um, so you've got to, by very nature, have somebody who's gritty and dark and we get all the appropriate jokes there that he's got to be from the DC universe and, He gets called Thanos at one point, which, again, couldn't happen any other way, if not in a type of film like this.
1: Pete, also in the category of villain, kind of, uh, we get Russell, who starts out not a villain, ends out not a villain, uh, is a villain in the middle.
0: Yeah, and I found myself, once we hear from Cable that he's going to become this terrible threat, and – Obviously, that's aided by Juggernaut and the violence they reap together. But um, I really became fixated mentally on what he turns into and and how that would happen and being just utterly fueled by this this rage. He's he's been abused. We have the headmaster. We have these orderlies who are giving him a hard time. Um, for a kind of two dimensional character, he brings a lot more to it. I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't call him necessarily two dimensional. I think just because we get that context of the abuse that's going on, uh, if the rest of him is then fairly two dimensional, all right, fine. Well, it's, well, it's we of...
0: never get any idea of, all right, so he's a mutant and we hear people call him muties and things like that we go to the ice box and and everything there but what is he really he's a kid with powers has this brief rapport with Deadpool with the collars on them and then he he goes on a rampage once they get free it's not terribly complex oh you took a bullet for me i will now come around to the other side and realize through sacrifice it can go another way all right but again it's not played for that tremendous turn like we're aghast oh deadpool sacrificed himself for him therefore we have all learned to be better people today it's it's played for the yucks man and it and it works that way but at the same time there's just enough saccharine to feel something from it
1: absolutely and the opposite of that being the headmaster who you referenced earlier. I mean, I think unfortunately a very, a very believable and understandable archetype. Uh, but you know, somebody who, somebody who's ready to carry his convictions to the very, very end and you know, to whatever degree they're getting story, story mileage out of that to advance things. Okay. That works. I mean, we know there are hateful people like that in the X-Men universe. We know there's people like that in the real world and it kind of works.
0: It does. And I think you credit Eddie Morrison in playing this role looked nearly unrecognizable uh, from the way that you've seen him in uh, Snow White and the Huntsman or, or 21 Grams here. I thought for a fleeting second, it might have been our boy uh, Johnny Coyne, uh, ex of Alcatraz, the warden there. Uh, maybe that's what I was projecting uh, warden, headmaster, that type of thing. But, you know, the, that undercurrent of the, the religious to, to save, to proselytize these mutants, we're, we're going to, we're going to pray the X away, Matt.
1: Uh, yeah. And I mean that, at least for me, mentally, I draw a direct line from that to, you know, one of the great, Comic book movie scenes uh, at the exact center of X two, where Iceman comes out to his parents, something that in retrospect people have said is a little on the nose. Um, it's X Men, as Deadpool said, it's a metaphor, at least uh, originally for you know civil rights in the nineteen sixties. Since been expanded to you know looking at the, the the underprivileged and the underappreciated and that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean it it if it is the headmaster who is ultimately. Driving all of this at the end of the day in terms of the the story machinations. I mean, it's it's very, very true to the X-Men universe to have such a character
0: It is and then you follow all of this up with the mystery box, which ultimately gets opened of juggernaut the big guy uh, done far better than he had been done in the original uh, X-Men films right X-Men three i think yes. he's in that one yes um that, that that train wreck uh here far oversized bigger and voiced matt by ryan reynolds himself
1: yeah and i mean great use of the character i had heard nothing and i've seen the previews and whatnot i try to be fairly spoiler free but i you know i don't think anybody knew that juggernaut was going to be in it pete you frequently are one to to <laughs> Mutter under your breath when there is applause <laughs> in the movies that they can't hear you. You applauded at a few points and the reveal of Juggernaut was one of probably five or six applause points signaling to me no one else knew he was about to walk out of there as well.
0: I think it's a great reveal. And when you talk about the ultimate throwdown with the music that they're playing uh, and the first time it's very subtle, what's going on with the, with the choral arrangement and what they're saying. And then that's why you got to stay through the credits. And if you haven't heard the the full on, I can't even say on a, on a family podcast, Matt, the title of the song on the soundtrack by Tyler Bates, uh, but just really, really well done and saying everything that we think. <laughs>
1: uh, lastly, Pete, for villains, is Deadpool
0: a villain in this movie? I mean, there's a point of the film. I really do like how, you know, if, if Deadpool has an X-Force, it's uh, Teenage Negasonic, Warhead and um, Colossus, the, the three of them being so closely associated through these two films now. So to get the portions of the film with the trainee when he's got the, the pinafore on <laughs> the the yellow and black, um, that I found really fun to watch, but that he gets wrapped up in what's going on with Russell, that he gets put in the ice box. He's got nothing to live for. He's got nothing to lose. But we still get that, and that's what I think Ryan Reynolds truly brings to this role, apart from completely getting the character and why people like Deadpool. Deadpool's not for everybody. As we've seen, we know people who I won't watch this. You joked before in the opening that, you know, my mom won't let me or whatever. For for whatever reason, you don't you don't want to take in the art. You don't have to take in the art. But what I have a real problem with are the people that denigrate those that choose to take it in and and judge them as a result of it. When the lesson that is at the core of this film would help them understand things a little bit better.
1: Well, let's now talk some theories here. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting segment to look at because, you know, separate even from the whole Disney Fox purchase, you, you know, how much of this movie can you take seriously? I mean, I mean, even without time travel machinations, they could just well be like, "Hey, you remember how Blind Al was in the first two? Uh, now she's not." And you would just go with it if they come up with a dumb reason to to, to give that. So, uh, Pete, here's one theory, right? X-Force will return.
0: I think you'd have to return to these characters perhaps in a non Deadpool movie would be the way to work it best. Uh, just, you know, um, capitalizing on the success of Deadpool, their introduction here. Like I said, I mean, if, if you don't want to see more domino at this point, what were you watching? Um, so you, you, you put it around Zazie beats, uh, Matt, this could be a great thing for representation with, um, Uh, Terry Crews in there. Uh, There are other characters that we didn't glimpse who have been known to be part of X-Force, you know, shuffle in and out of the roster. Doesn't necessarily need to even be the direction they go in. But, yeah, I think off a $125 million opening, you know, the accountants are going to be like, of of course you got to do something with X-Force. They had a film planned. And Deadpool with that completely unsuspected and unanticipated opening, which you know Black Panther had to beat two years later because of what that meant um, it, it's gonna demand some kind of uh, appearance at some point.
1: Well, Pete, I mean anytime there's an MCU movie, again, I know this is not MCU, but even with the X-Men movies, the post-credit stuff is always you know canonical i think back to one of the x-men movies where it's the the early reveal of uh the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all that don't remind me i know that was that was a rough movie um let's go through the list here pete in we have a post-credit scene where vanessa lives does vanessa now live for deadpool 3
0: oh absolutely oh
1: that was easy how about peter will we get more peter peter
0: We had better get more, Peter. Uh, One of the better parts of the film. Definitely one of my favorite parts of the advertising. Do we have
1: X-Men Origins, Deadpool dead, or did he never really exist in our hearts at all?
0: He was killed there. If you go back and fire up that film on Blu-ray or DVD or on demand – It actually happens now.
1: (laughs) That would be fun if they did some sort of like digital re-release where it's, I mean, it would spoil the whole climax because that's, have you
0: seen what they've done? Um, So just another viral marketing uh, sensation that Deadpool is known for. They took all these DVDs and Blu-rays and they made slip covers for them with Deadpool on there. So like, Jurassic Park with Deadpool on there, all these different things. There's like 16 or 20 of them. Um, Predator, uh, all these different films that have nothing to do with it and, and snuck them in there. So why can't you in some way go back and have, you know, the the, the Deadpooliest cut ever of X-Men Origins Wolverine?
1: I read an article I think it was on Hollywood Reporter as well Uh, I read an article where they went back and spoke with the director of X-Men Origins Wolverine and it was like mandate from the studio that we have to get Deadpool in there because people love him but mandate from the studio uh no uh no tights oh and he has swords so we need to reference the swords and keep everything realistic but the swords in his arm need to be longer than his arm because it looks cool And it was like this poor guy, it's like his first movie and, you know, not for nothing, Hugh Jackman, I don't know whether he has a producing credit or not, but I'm sure if Hugh Jackman says there needs to be more M&Ms at the craft services table, it happens. If Hugh Jackman says, I think this scene, we need to do a take where the scene is lit a little bit brighter, they're going to do a scene where it's lit a little bit brighter. So, I mean, a movie killed by the studio.
0: Yeah. And let's not forget the best post-credit scene. You've hit the big time, kid. You're reading the uh, Green Lantern script, that smile on Ryan Reynolds' face, the gunshot from behind, the splatter all over that script, really what it's worth, and uh, then the announcement that uh, Canada should be grateful.
1: And I just want to put that in its proper context, at least for me personally. As a kid, I was a huge Green Lantern fan. I think that there's just something so evocative about the ability for a character you know it's like you're a kid you're using your imagination he uses his imagination to dream up all this crazy stuff. I remember Green Lantern Corps comics and Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, and then being excited about that movie coming out, hearing that there were troubles with the effects. And I mean, by the time I saw it, which was not in the movies, when I finally got that on DVD, Blu-ray or whatever, I mean, literally, I watched the first eight minutes and it was so horrible. That I just turned it, turned it off, returned it, et cetera. So a well-earned death there for some universe's version of uh, Ryan Reynolds.
0: I think he, he stays dead in the Deadpool universe and we can get a Green Lantern joke per film in there.
1: Pete, let's talk some listener feedback about Deadpool 2. We have a tweet from Enza. That's at Enza 0305, uh, who said, I saw it yesterday and loved it, laughed so much, and I know I didn't get all the references as I'm not an X-Men fan, but awesome movie. Some scenes were a bit too long, but all in all, brilliant.
0: I thought the movie really moved quickly. I didn't have a length with it at all, uh, a, a length issue at, at all, Um To me, it was exactly what was just said there, that you didn't need to know these references. If you got them, great. If not, they were still funny. I I think that's what this franchise does well. Pete, take us to the Facebook. On the Fantastic Geek Facebook page, Matt Mary Kirk writes in, and I have to editorialize, so blanking hilarious, my face literally hurts from laughing, from so much laughing. Stephen the Burge writes in, just got home, awesome, two full Winnie the Poohs way up.
1: Wow. Uh, certainly, certainly high praise there indeed. Uh, I mean, no question this movie's making money, uh, $110 million budget, you know, that's double of uh, the last movie, but you know, already in the green now. And uh, all in all, Pete, a ton of fun to talk about. Let's remind everybody, if they want to be in touch with us, Pete, how can they be in touch with you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, K e t e l a a 9,932 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter is Looking Back Lost... Do be
1: in touch with the podcast. Visit FantasticGeek.com. Email FantasticGeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram under fantasgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more!
0: Facebook.com slash geek with the P-H all one word, as I referenced before. Like it today. So, Matt, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might be done for a year. We've gotten the Deadpool. We've gotten the Avengers Infinity War. What do we have coming up? We have uh, a an agent of. Sh-